And this is the day sometimes those that we normally don't see in church, God puts on their heart to come to church and to worship. And it's a day we remember that Jesus is risen. If our story ended on Friday and on Saturday, we will not be here today. We are here today because we can testify that the grave is empty. And that Jesus is alive. And that he's alive in you and me. So today we are going to talk about the message of Easter. The message of Easter. I'm going to be taking some of the lessons and the messages and and the points that God wants to get across to us. From Mark chapter 16 verses 1 to 7. So we're going to read those verses of scripture now. It says, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices. I always thought that was brought, but it's bought. And that's very significant. I'll come to that later. They bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. They were afraid. Verse 6, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter and Bill and Pat. Go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Over the years, during this time, pastors, leaders preach about the death, the cross, the crucifixion, the passion, and the resurrection of Jesus. And for some, this is probably this day, Mother's Day, Christmas, are the only days they show up in church, which is okay. You don't need to to make anybody feel bad. But one thing we must realize is that coming to church on Resurrection Day, just to celebrate Easter, bring the keys, do the egg hunt, and take pictures to show that you went to church on Easter Sunday, is that really what it's about? We that believe in Jesus, what is resurrection to us? When God looks down from heaven, does he see the reality of resurrection in my life? When God looks down from heaven, does he see, does he see, and is that that experience of resurrection in my life and in your life? 
And so from these verses of scripture today, I want to tell you that the greatest joy God has is when he looks down from heaven at you and at me. He wants, us, he wants to see us living the life that Jesus bought for us to have. When he sees us buffeted by the enemy, by Satan and demons, that is not the will of God. That doesn't make his heart happy. Being here on a Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday, to celebrate the resurrection, that's good. If you know Jesus as your Lord, if you know him as your Savior, that's good. You're going to heaven, but what about here and now? What about those that he wants us to reach, to take the message to? What about our lives? Our lives, are we witnesses? So the messages this morning, I'm going to share with you six messages from this story. Our text is about three women. These three women were also mentioned in Mark chapter 15, the previous chapter. We were told that these three women, Mary, Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Joseph, and Salome, and John was mentioned in chapter 15. They were the only ones left at the cross when Jesus was crucified. Every other person had fled. The disciples were gone. Those that shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Those that he fed, the 5,000 that he fed, none of them could be found. Only these three women and John. But today, on Sunday morning, even John couldn't be found. Those that were closest to Jesus, those that he had poured everything he had to carry the gospel for three years, they were running, they were hiding, they were cowering, they were afraid. It was dark. The events of Friday had left them bewildered. Is this really who he said? Is he who he said he is? All our hopes that the Savior had come, the Messiah had come, has been dashed. It was dark on Friday. There was blood. There were nails. There was crown. There were pieces of flesh. There was thunder. There was darkness. Everything they hoped for, everything they thought was going to be was over. There was Friday. They went to hide because they didn't know. There was nothing to live for anymore. There was nothing to believe anymore. Have you been on a Friday? Have you had a Friday in your life? You've had promises from God. You have told people about the promises. God has even used you. He gave you the bread and the love to feed the 5,000. You were there. You saw it. You saw the miracles. You saw the hand of God. And here is Friday. You have that diagnosis. Your house is being repossessed. Your spouse tells you, I don't love you anymore. I don't want you anymore. Friday's dark. Friday's bloody. Friday's bewildering. And you take your Bible and you say, God, do you really exist? Am I believing a lie? But there were three women. And then Saturday came. Well, he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Maybe, maybe 
He would do what he said he would do. Saturday came. Absolute silence. Absolute silence. No word from God. No one knew where the disciples were. Silence. Things going on as usual. Sabbath. People still went to celebrate Sabbath. But for these three women, do you know what they were going through? The silence of God is not the absence of God. That's the first message I want to give you today. When God is silent, that's when he's doing his greatest work. Saturday was silent, my sister. But you know what these women did? They went and they bought spices. They didn't know. They didn't buy these spices ahead of time. When Jesus was crucified, Jesus was taken from the Garden of Gethsemane, remember? They didn't prepare for his death. So, these women, even when Friday was dark, remember Friday at 4 p.m., they started preparations for Sabbath. So, pretty much nothing could be done. But somehow, these three women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, and Salome, found a place to buy spices after Jesus was killed. What level of devotion is that? Are you able to serve God even when God is silent? Are you able to still come to church and give your best offering to God when He hasn't answered your prayer? How is your devotion? Is your devotion to God only do me right, do me good, and I praise you? These three women went and bought spices after Jesus died between Friday night and Sunday morning. They went and spent their money to buy spices to go anoint somebody that was dead. That's the question. That's the message for us today. That even when God is silent, even when you've gone through a Friday and you've been crushed, what do you do with your faith? Are you like the disciples that run away? That went to hide? No word was heard again. You leave church because God didn't answer your prayer. Not knowing that God is doing the greatest thing in your life at that time. When God is silent, that's when you serve Him even more. That's when you pour out yourself even more. Second message is taken from that chapter. It says in verse 2, I believe, no, see verse 1. It says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, chapter 16, verse 1, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, again Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. 
We have wrongly believed, I know I have, wrongly believed that they took those spices to go and bound Jesus. But that's not true. The Egyptians did embalm me. The Jews did not embalm. The Jews, typically within eight hours of death, they would bury that person. And so what they would do is they would take those spices, myrrh, and some perfumed oils and anoint the body so that when it's decomposing in the heat, the smell is not so, so offensive. But remember, they usually try to do this within four hours of the person dying. And here are these three women. They spend their money to go buy these spices and this perfume to go anoint Jesus who had died since Friday and this is Sunday morning. And in the heat, naturally that body would have started to decompose. But they were going to anoint him to try and cover up. You can't cover up death. You can't cover up, you can't camouflage decay. You cannot. Because you yourself, you know. And even if you yourself are deceived, you can, nobody can deceive God. And so the message for you to an eye is that you cannot cover up death. We cannot cover up the sins in our lives. We cannot cover up the decay in our lives. Don't try to cover it up. God still sees it. He still stinks. He still stinks. That thing that God has been asking you to put aside, you cannot cover it up anymore. Don't cover up what is dead. Don't. If God puts his finger on it, let it go. If God says, I want this from you, do it for him. And my brothers and sisters too, if you're dealing with something in your life, find somebody to go to. This, oh, how are you? Fine. It doesn't work very well. Because those that walk in the Spirit, those that can see, can see what is going on. And the enemy walks in darkness where there is death, where there is decay. That's where he walks the most. Once it comes to light, you already have won the victory. So the second message of Easter from these women, from these verses we've read, is don't try to cover up whatever is wrong. Open it up and let the light of Jesus come in there and change situations in your life. He's risen now. You don't have to live in decay anymore. He's risen now. You don't have to be in that situation anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The third message. Today we are going to pray. I'm trying to finish so we can pray for people. We are tired of the enemy having a field day with Christians. These are the days that God is calling people. If you were here on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, you saw what happened in the tent. Is the same message resounding over and over and over. This is not the time to sit on the fence. You are either in or you are out. You cannot sit because the work God is doing in these end days, He wants all of us to be in. 
So we are going to pray for people today. We are going to break some things off of people so that you can be all that God has created you to be. I told you my favorite verse now. The Bible says, and God sent John. John was sent. Every one of you was sent by God. You are not a mistake. You are not here just to take up space. There are some people looking up to you. You don't know it. There are destinies relying on you to help them to become all they want to be. You cannot let the enemy keep telling you you are not good enough. You don't speak well enough. You are not this. You are not that. Listen, who is all of that and a bag of chips? Nobody. It takes Jesus. It takes Jesus. No one is good enough. All your righteousness, all my righteousness, when we stand before God, they are just filthy rags. Hallelujah. The third message, we'll find it in Mark 16, verses 3 and 4. And they, the women, said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Even though they knew there was going to be hindrance, a stone is a hindrance. These women were, I mean, what do you, talk about persistence. Talk about devotion. Women, I, I mean, I bow my heart to you guys. Men, I'm not saying you all are not. Just, but you know when a woman holds on to something, because you know what the Bible says? It says it's the seed of the woman. There's something about women when we grab hold of something, we're like that bulldog. You cannot take it from us. I've told some people, Sister Grace, here, I said, we will, I will go to hell on my bare feet, on coals of fire, to take what belongs to me from the enemy. I will, I, my children, my ministry, this church, you, you, that are looking at me when I pray for you, I take my shoes off. I say, Satan, let's, let, you ready? You ready? God wants us to be like that. Don't cower before him. Don't cower before him. Greater is he that is in you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Who is that devil? They said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? God already went behind, before them, sorry. says, but when they looked up, they saw the stone had already been rolled away, for it was very large. The question is, who rolled away the stone? And why? We know that the resurrected body of Jesus could pass through walls. So why was the stone rolled away so the women could go in? Because God needed a witness to the resurrection, to the emptiness. The stone wasn't rolled away by, 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 by God just to show that he has power. The stone was rolled away so those women could go in. Because those women, remember the Bible says in Mark chapter 15, they stood at a distance and they saw everything that happened. They saw when Jesus died. They saw when the soldier came and pierced his side. 
They saw when they tried to break his bones and they found out he was already dead. They were there when that body was taken down. They were there when the centurion said, this truly is the son of God. They were there when his body was taken by Nicodemus into the tomb. They saw everything at a distance. They followed. They didn't let go. So they knew that body was there. And their whole reason for coming is because they knew the body was there and they were coming to anoint it. And now the stone had been rolled away and they went in and the grave was empty. Every resurrection needs a witness. Do I have some witnesses here today? Do I have some witnesses here today? And do you know how you witness? You witness with your mouth and you witness with your life. If God has saved you from something, we overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You don't keep quiet when God has done something for you. Every resurrection needs a witness. Every resurrection. And if you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, if He has set you free, I shared about how He shed His blood in seven places. If He has done that for you, you must let somebody else know. Because every resurrection needs a witness. We cannot be quiet. People are dying and going to hell. We cannot be quiet. In our neighborhoods, we cannot be quiet. Because he's resurrected me, I cannot be quiet. I must be a witness for my Lord and my Savior. Every resurrection, again I say, every resurrection needs a witness. They were led in so they could see that where they had laid him, where you were before, that's not who you are anymore. What the enemy was doing for, on you before, that's not you anymore. Now, you can tell other people, I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was dead in my sin, but now I'm alive. Every resurrection needs a witness. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Ooh. Are you a witness with your life? We are a witness with your mouth. Don't keep your mouth shut. Don't let the enemy keep you shut. Don't let people, don't let the fear of man keep you quiet. What would they say? What would they do? They won't like me anymore. They will say I'm a fanatic. And so? I've told people I will carry Jesus on my head if I can. I will carry him on my head. So that even without speaking, when you see me, you know I'm carrying him on my head. I will carry him on my head. Because there's nothing I can ever do to... Do you know what he saved me from? I knew what I was before. Ask my family. They will tell you how wicked. I fought men. I would beat men up. You know the name they gave me? Hot Pepper. My family... My, my kids know that. My brothers and sisters, they, it was like I was demonized. I could beat men up. And my dad thought it was a good thing because he would say, don't mess with my daughter. I was the last daughter out of five girls. Everybody was scared of me. Even me, I was scared of myself because when that thing comes on me, I'm like, wait, where is this coming from? 
And when God saved me, now they call me, it's like she, she's like a cat. You can barely have me, you know. But sometimes that pepper comes up when the enemy tries to mess with me. <laughs> you, will see, you will see some of that pepper. Hallelujah. The fourth message comes from Mark chapter 16. I'm hurrying up because I really want us to pray this morning. Mark chapter 16, verses 5 and 6. It says, And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed. Of course, we know that was an angel. Clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. They were afraid. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. Some, some uh, translation says, Do not be afraid. Some says, Do not be affrighted. He says, you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they had laid him. God says to tell you this morning, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's our message number four. Because Jesus is risen, you have nothing to fear anymore. You can have peace. You can be at peace now. You can come close to God now. You can have God. God is now your father. God is no longer angry with you. Because of the death of Jesus, because of the resurrection, because his side was pierced, we can now be drawn close to the side of Jesus. You don't have anything to fear anymore. Peace is your portion. Peace is your portion. Even when life is scary, even when life is uncertain, don't let fear torment you. And that is the number one thing that is making Christians not fulfill purpose because of fear. We are afraid of so many things. We are afraid of so many things. And the word of the Lord to you this morning is please do not be afraid. The peace of God, Jesus says, I give you peace. My peace, I live with you. Not as the world gives. He says, the peace I give you will be the peace that passes all understanding. Even when your life is upside down, have that peace inside of you. Don't allow anything to ruffle you. And you know why we can be that way? Because we know who is for us. We know that no matter what happens to us, there is a plan and there is a purpose and that all things work together for good, for us, for us, for us, for us who know God and for us who are called according to his purpose, Brenda. We can sleep at night even when we have that diagnosis. We can come to church and still raise our hands and dance and shout. Even when at home we have no food, there's no money to pay our bills. Because we know he has us in his hands. And if he has us in his hands, we're in a safe place. God, Jesus says in 14, chapter, John 14, no, let's read Isaiah first. Isaiah 41 verse 10, he says, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. He made it personal. He's your God. He's not just a God. He's not just the God. He is your God. He is my God. And because he's my God, I don't have to be afraid. He says here, I'm your God and the things I will do for you. First of all, I will strengthen you. When you don't have strength to do, and I know I've been here. I have been here. 
I have been here. When you can't even get up. And you say, God, I need you. And you feel his strength come in you. And you feel him lifting. And you feel him just like putting that cement in your backbone. And you stand up because he has strengthened you. He says, I will strengthen you. And he says, I will help you. Don't wait for the help of man. Please, the help of man will fail you every time. The Bible says, those who trust in the arm of flesh, they will always fail. It's only God that can help you. No man can help you. He says here, I will help you and I will uphold you. I will make sure you don't fall. I will make sure you don't fail. I will make sure you still keep going. And why is that? Because it's risen. Because it's no longer in the grave. Because there's a purpose for your life. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You can have peace in the midst of sorrow. I'm not talking about happiness. It's only like fake people that want to be happy all the time. I'm talking about peace. There's a difference between peace and happiness. Peace is when even when the whole world is upside down, you still have that calmness in your spirit. And you can still look to God and say, I still trust you. I still love you. I still believe you. So the message of Easter to those women and to us today is do not be afraid. If God raised them up, God can raise you up. Hmm. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Why am I saying that scripture? It brings us to the fifth message of Easter. When the angel told them, do not be alarmed, the next thing he said to them was, God has raised him up. God had raised Jesus up from the dead. And we know here it was the Spirit of God that was in Jesus that did that raising. And that's what God is telling you today. That God can raise you from any situation you're in. God can help you. God can help you. God can raise you up. If only you can believe Him. God can raise you. No one is good enough in the eyes of God. If not for his goodness, if not for his salvation, we will not be here. So don't ever feel that you're not good enough. God can raise you up. God can raise you up. And that takes me to the last message. I, re- I want about 15 minutes. This one is the one that got me. This is really the one that got me in, in verse 7 of that six sixteen. He says, but go tell his disciples... And Peter. Why Peter? We remember Peter was the one that says, Lord, I will die with you. I will go with you 
When they came to arrest Jesus, it was Peter that took his sword and cut off the servant's ear. He was, I mean, he, he was like, he, he's the one that talks the most. But when they arrested Jesus and they came to him three times, Jesus said, you would deny me. Oh, you are one of his disciples. I know. Oh, no, I'm not. He even cursed. One of the three times. And that third time when the cock crowed and, and he was so disappointed in himself, he felt he had let Jesus down. He probably remembered all those things he told Jesus I would do for you. And that's what we do sometimes. We, we mess up, don't we? Lord, I will, if you save me from this, I will never, 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 never do it again. Lord, if you do this for me, I will always, always, always do this for you. And then he does it for you. You even forget the verse you were standing on when you were praying. You don't even remember that verse. You don't even remember. Don't we do that all the time? We feel disappointed. We feel we have let him down. But the message to you today is that God still includes you. You've not been left out. You've not been left out. He said, go tell his disciples and Peter. You've not been left out of this. You've not been left out of this. I don't know how many Peters we have here this morning. You've told Jesus, I will live for you. You've told him, I will die for you. I will do whatever you tell me to do. And maybe this is the first time you've been in church this year. And as you're sitting down there, the enemy is telling you, you see, you're not good enough. All the things God said he would do through you, look at you. How old, you are not how old. When are you going to start? I'm here to tell you today that there's still room for you. There is still room for you. Jesus still needs you. Even if you deny him, he will not deny you. So that's where we're going to stop so we can pray this morning. I need the musicians back here, please, if you can. And I need you all to stand on your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. 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 The first set of people I'm going to call out are the Peters. Like I said, these are the days that God is calling. There's so much work to be done. There's so much God is requiring, there's so much, there's an urgency in the spirit for those to be saved, to come in quickly, because we know that the end is near. And so God is calling all of us to grab hold of what he's called us to do. No one is bigger than the other one, no one has a call that's better, we are all called equally. And so if you're here, you are a Peter. You feel like you've let the Lord down. I want you to come to the front this morning. Because God still needs you. And then there are those needing God to raise some things in their lives. 
There are some things in your life, maybe your finances, maybe relationship, maybe it's your job, whatever it is. And you're saying, God, I need you to raise, just like you raised Jesus up, I need you to raise whatever it is that you're asking God to raise for you. I need you to come to the front also. And then fear. I know that's a prevalent, that's a spirit that is horrible and is tying so many people down. If you're here and you're just held down with fear, you're so afraid to do anything. You're afraid to do what God has called you to do. You're afraid to go to school. You're afraid to do that job, a business God has called you to do. You're afraid to start it. Whatever it is that is holding you down, that fear, God wants to break it off of you this morning. If you're living in fear, even there are some people still afraid of COVID. Afraid, so afraid they can't do anything. If you are that person this morning, I want you here in the front. And then if you are here this morning, you want to rededicate your life. You are saying, you know what? Enough is enough. I've had, I've done all the things that they told me would give me joy, would give me pleasure, and I'm miserable. If that's you this morning, I want you here. There's no need to be ashamed. Don't look at whoever is near you or close to you. Youth is between you and God. What God has called them to do is not what God has called you to do. And if you are going through a tough time in your life, things are just rough. You want a touch from God this morning. I want you to come out here too. And for us that are here this morning, You know, it gets to a point in one's life. I don't know when it is. For some people, it's in their 20s. For some, it's in their 30s. Some for the, in their 40s. But there has to be a time in your life that you're going to say, enough is enough. You know, it's, enough is enough. I'm tired of being this way. I'm tired of living this way. I want to be all that God has called me to be. If you're here today in the front here, please make that today. Make it today that you're saying, God, I, you know what? Enough is enough. I've done all of that and it hasn't given me pleasure. I've done all of that and look at me, I'm miserable. God, enough is enough. If you're standing, just pray quietly because I'm going to go around and just lay hands on them briefly. Because they came out for something. Please just bear with us this morning. I did this on time. We still have 10 more minutes. But I want you to be in prayer with everyone that's here. If you are standing, if you want God to do stuff in the lives of these people standing here, please stretch your hands and intercede for them in the spirit while I pray for them.